Wow, thank you. Thank you, praise team, for, for that song, that, that singing. Thank you for the preparation that goes into that. Thank for the tech people. The, you know, again, it's so easy to not realize the, the, the much work that goes into even putting together a, um, a set just like that. And I thank God for people who are so faithful within their, within their work. And thank you so, so much, people. For those in the, the sound room, and, you know, Daryl, for the years and years has been that, that, that hidden gem that we've had up in the sound room. The only time you, you, you think about him when something goes wrong. And, um, and, and so, but, but he, he did such a great job. Not many things ever went that wrong. So, Daryl, we appreciate that and Barb, your voice. And, and um, wow, God is good. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Probably one of my favorite chapters in all of the Word of God. And um, we're going to continue on in a series that um, we started last week. But as you're turning there, um, I do want to remind you that um, our schools will be open today at the high school at 3 o'clock to, to pray in for the, the new semester. And we encourage you, to, if you would, to, to go out and take that opportunity at the high school. They'll begin at the high school and then spread out to the other schools. But that's today at, at 3 o'clock, and we encourage you to be a part of that. But today we want to continue on, and um, we, we want to continue on with a series that, that I, uh, we began last week, and the name of that series was The Questions of Stewardship. And as, as we begin to, to look at that and, and, and think about that, it, um, I, I, I pray that this whole thought of stewardship will begin to grab your life and your soul. And what is stewardship? What is being a steward, you may ask yourself, is, is that is accepting the responsibility that's been given to you by another to look after their goods or, or whatever they've placed in your possession. Now, stewardship is not ownership. Ownership is where something is mine and I take care of it. Stewardship is saying that, that I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of it for someone else. And when we walk within the Christian faith and in the life of itself, we must understand that we're all stewards. As a matter of fact, next week we'll be, we'll be going through what's called a, a creation seminar, believing that, that, that God created all things. And so I'm, we're going to be looking at some of this in the message at this time. And so, folks, we are just part of the created world. And stewardship begins to answer some of the most important questions that we ever ask in life. It begins to answer the question is, is do I have a biblical worldview or do I have a humanistic worldview? You see, a biblical worldview says that, that there's God and everything revolves around God, that God is the center of all things. And if that's true, then I must be a steward to God. A humanistic point of view says basically man is the center of all things and everything revolves around man. See, how you live your life as a steward, are you a steward to yourself or are you a steward to God? That would determine what, you know, that really determines whether you have a biblical worldview or a, um, a humanistic point of uh, worldview. It also answers the question is, is, is who is Lord over my life or who controls my life? Does God control my life or do I control my life? Stewardship answers that question. It, stewardship also answers the question is, is what is my purpose? Why am I here? Wow, isn't that just an age old philosophical question that's been asked? 
um, throughout the years. Stewardship helps answer that question of, of who, you know, who or why am I here and what is my purpose? It also answers the question is, am I valuable to this world? Am I valuable to God? Because we all desire to have value within our lives. Folks, all these questions can be answered about how you view stewardship. And so therefore, I think it's so important, especially as we begin the new year, that we begin to ask ourselves these questions, that we begin to, to, to look into it of how do I view the world? How do I view myself? How do I view those possessions that, that, that I have? How do I view that talent that God has given me? And I just want you to realize that we serve a great God, and he has a great plan for humanity, and you're part of that plan. But it's, it's whether, you, whether you take your responsibility within that plan or whether you do not will determine whether you have a fruitful and a blessed life or you do not. Because stewardship also answers the question of success. I mean, what is success? What is success? You know, there's a lot of people that are successful in the eyes of the world, but their lives are miserable. Their, their families are broken up. Their children are, are, are out in rebellion. And, and again, they may be posted on all of your people magazines and, and all of your, your TV. But, but they're miserable. Is that success? You see, how we, view, how we view stewardship will determine who determines my success. Does man determine my success? Or does God determine my success? Folks, it's totally different. Today, we want to move into another, and I'm, there's a question that we need to ask ourselves. This almost seems, as, as, you, as you read the title of your message, um, Can I Trust God? That almost sounds sacrilegious. But the question is today, is, is um, we're going to look and ask ourselves, not only can I trust God, but do I trust God? Folks, that is a tremendous question as we move into this area of stewardship. Let's all stand together if you found Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And I, I want to begin in, in verse 1, and I will read down to verse 6. Now, I'll be looking at other passages within this, this chapter today, but, but um, um, just powerful, powerful passage. And I'm telling you, folks, it's about stewardship. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 1 the Word of God teaches us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's, 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 faith is where, where, boy, there's something that I can, it's substance, something I can hold on to, and something that I have an expectation, although I can't see it. I know it's there, just haven't seen it yet. For by, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, but which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it he being dead, yet he speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that, that he should not see death, and was not found. He, 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 God just took him up. Because God, had because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God. Today's the basis of our, our text is, is when verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Another way that we can say that, and we've said that many times around here, that do you really believe that God is who he says he is, and that he'll do the things that he says he will do? Can you trust God? Father, I pray that you'd take these words, you'd apply them to our hearts, and God, that Christ, uh, God, show us things about ourselves and about himself that we've never seen before. And I just pray, God, that you'd do a mighty work in this place. God, I just, I just pray that, God, that there would just begin to be a just eruption of, of, of the righteousness of God that begins to pour out of this place and our lives will be changed. And, and God, that it will flow over our families and into our community, Lord. God, just thinking about with a group this size this morning that, that what if, dear Father, we begin to live our lives such as Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and, and, and Moses. God, what would you do? How could you change the world? And Sarah, dear Father, God, what can you do through, through a people that, that God just trusted you and were just faithful? God, make us that people. God bless this time. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Really, when you get into the area of stewardship, the, the, the major, major issue that, that every one of us deals with, it's not that I don't understand it. It's just like the Word of God. So much of our lives is not that we don't understand the Word of God, we're just not, not doing what we already understand. See, the biggest issue in stewardship, I'd submit to you, is the area of belief or unbelief. Knowing that, that, that what God has offered me and what God has given me and what God has called me to, but do I, do I really have enough faith to follow God or do I not? I really think that's the, the issue of all of our life. As a matter of fact, there's been, you know, uh, a book that really just grabbed my heart is, um, a few, few years ago was, was, was one that was written by John Piper. It's called Unbelief. That, that he, 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 he went on to, to explore the idea that every one of our sins is because we simply don't believe God. That when you cut down every one of our sins, we, we cut down all of our disobedience down to into one word, it comes into unbelief. God, I really don't believe that you are who you say you are and that you can do what you say that you'll do. And that's why the Bible, I believe, teaches, as we find out in verse 6, where it says, without faith, without belief, it's impossible to please him. For he that, he that cometh unto him must believe that, that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so the question I think you and me need to ask ourselves today is, 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 can God be trusted? And then we have to ask ourselves, if he can, do I trust him? And so let's just take the word of God. Let's begin to break it down. Let's begin to look at it today so that, that you and me can be the people that God wants us to be, that we can be the stewards that God wants us to be. And therefore, we can find purpose, that we can find joy, that we can find fulfillment, we can find value that, that God created us for. And so today, as we, we begin to ask those questions, can God be trusted? And, and, or do I trust God? We, we have to ask ourselves. 
Nathaniel, you have to ask yourself individually. John, you have to ask yourself individually. Barb, you have to ask yourself individually, do I believe God? Do I don't, do, um, don't do, First of all, do I really believe that God is who he says he is? Because the word of God again says in, in, in verse 6, he says, but without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that again, God is who he says he is within the word of God. And it's through the Word of God that we can know Him, that we can have those particular facts. And so when we begin to ask our questions, who does God say that He is? How does God describe Himself within all of Scripture? The writer of Hebrews explains part of that in the second verse. Look what he says in chapter, I mean, in verse 2. He, or I'm sorry, in verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, that, that, that brings so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. See, God very, very clearly presents himself in the word of God that he's the creator of all things. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you the most important verse in all of the Bible. So many times we'll run to, to John 3.16 or Romans 5.8. I, I believe the greatest, most important verse in all of the Bible is Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because if I can believe that God is creator and he created all things and, and, and in the beginning, that before there was even a beginning, there was God, then, then if I can believe that, I can believe anything. As a matter of fact, if I don't believe Genesis 1-1, how can I believe John 3-16? For God so loved the world. See, we have to start out with the very, very basics that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe that? Now be careful as we're walking through these things because as I asked you, do believe that because you're going to have to, you're going to, have to put a grid over that and that grid is your life. You say that you believe it, but does the grid of your life show that you believe that? See, that's two different things. It's very easy to say with our mouth something but not live our life that way. And that's what we have to stop. That's where the rubber hits the road because where the rubber hits the road is our stewardship. What am I doing about that? Am I fulfilling that responsibility of knowing those things? But God says very, very clearly within the Scripture, the, the Bible says, without faith it's impossible um, to please Him, for he that comes to Him must believe that He is. He is what? He is Creator. That God created the heavens and the earth. We, we, we find that in Hebrews, the second chapter. We find that very clearly in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. and Because when we begin to understand that God is creator, there's a few other things that very naturally comes involved. First of all, if we believe that, that he's the creator of all things, then we have to accept that, that then he's the owner of all things. Isn't that a very basic proposition? That if I've created something, that it's mine? Isn't that the whole thing about copyright and what all the deal is about copyrights and justice and all that? The person that creates a song or the person that, that, that creates a, um, a piece of machinery that, that they can get copyright on that or they can, get, um, they can say that it's theirs. I mean, we deal with that with our own laws today, that the creator has the right to say, I own this. Well, folks, if God created all things, then he is the rightful owner of all things. 
He created the heavens and the earth. And so therefore, he created you and me. So therefore, I'm not even myself. I am God's. The things that I have is, is, is not mine because God created them. He's just allowed me to manage them. He's just given me temporary custodianship over that. And so therefore, I'm a steward of something that God owns. You see how, again, Faith and, and belief and, and the idea, can I trust God, really ties into my stewardship. How am I going to be handling that? As a matter of fact, the, the psalmist says in Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell in them. So everything's God's. So if we really believe that God is creator of the world, we have to also have to accept that therefore God is the owner of all things. And not only is he the owner of all things, that he has authority over things, that he's the ruler of all things. He is the king of kings. He's the the king of the kingdom of God. And so therefore, if if God created all things, you know, isn't isn't it kind of crazy to think then that the, the, the creation rules over the creator? You know, you think that's popping. That's crazy. Sure it is. But that's where sin enters the picture. Because sin basically says that God, even though that you're the creator, that I want to rule over the creator. And so by faith, if I believe truly that that God is the creator of all things, that means he's the owner of all things, and so therefore he has the authority over all things. And so therefore God has authority over the heavens, over the earth. God has the authority over the the animals that walk the land, the fish that... That, that live in the sea, the birds that fly in the air, the plants that are on the land, but he also has authority over you and me because we are created beings. Can you see why so many people want to, to write God out of the creation story? Because at least they're honest enough to believe that if God is truly creator, then I have to come under his authority, but if I don't want to be under his authority, then I have to... I have to erase him out of the pages of history. You see, the whole idea of evolution through Charles Darwin was not so much a scientific situation. It was a philosophical situation where Charles Darwin, it started with his grandfather, was trying to erase God out of the pages of history because he didn't want to submit to God. One thing that I'm excited about next week is because when Steve's going to come, He's going to prove that as, as, as believers, we don't have to be afraid of science because more that science reveals, the more that it's going to see that it ties. The Bible has the best answers. See, it takes, more, it takes more faith to believe that everything's an accident than to believe that there's a creator God. But, it, but so, and so, therefore, this whole issue of creationism is not a scientific issue. It's a faith issue. It's an authoritative issue. And so at least be honest enough to call it for what it is. And so therefore, if, 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 if I believe that God is who he says he is, that God is creator, that means he's the owner of all things, that he has the authority of all things, and also then obviously he must know all things. We, you know, men think that we're so smart, but folks, even the, the greatest mind that ever lived only knows a scratch of all the information in creation. God knows it all because he put it all together. The person that will know best about the product is the person that invented the product. 
they know the ins and the outs, and you know they know the stresses of the metal. They they know how all the mechanical things. They they knew it ahead of time, and and because of that, they were able to put it together. Well, folks, God knows everything, and so when God created you and me, he he knew you know he knew everything about our nerves. He knew everything about our digestive system. He's the one that put it all together. There's things that doctors still figuring out, and some things doctors won't ever figure it out. God already knows it all because, folks, he's the one that put it together. He's omniscient. He knows all things. Psalm 147, um, 4 and 5 says, He counts the numbers of the star. He calls them all by name. Great is our God and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. There's no ending to God's understanding. So, again, what does that mean to you and me? There's nothing in my life that God does not already know. Now, there's a lot of people that would be offended about that, but I find great comfort in that. I thank God there's things that's going to happen in my life that I don't know, but he already knows because he's already, I love that, you know, he's already in tomorrow. He's already walking into my tomorrow. And then also, there's, there's, a, there's another idea is we're just building this, this armor. If, if God is, is God is creator, not only is he the owner of all things, the, he's the authority over all things, that he's omniscient, he knows all things, but also, obviously, he has all power. Jeremiah wrote, O Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and thy outstretched arm. And then so Jeremiah said, obviously, there's nothing too hard for you. Man, that's the God whom we serve. You see, that is the God that we've been singing about this morning, how great is our God. Because God, you are creator of all things. You know something else that God says that he is? Not only speaking of that he is creator, but the Bible says also that God said that he is holy. It speaks about his, his moral nature. We already understand from his nature that he's omniscient, he knows all things, that he's all-powerful, that, um, that he can do all things, but also from his moral nature that he is perfect in holiness. As a matter of fact, the angels sang around the throne. We find that in Isaiah, the sixth chapter. We also find it in Revelation where the angels were sing, holy, holy, holy. In a, in a triune way, they were saying, basically, God, you're perfect in your holiness. But not only did others say that about God, but God said that about himself. Leviticus 11.45, God says, For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Now, why is this so important? Why is it so important that, that when we believe that, that we must have faith that God is who he says he is, that, that God is creator, that he's the owner, he's the authority over all things, but also that he is holy because God will never do the wrong thing. He can only do that which is right. That God will always act justly within my life. You know, there's a lot of people today that, that, that they, 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 they claim they're atheists or because they think, well, how can a good God, how can a holy God allow bad things? So what they're doing is they're not necessarily questioning the existence of God. They're, they're questioning the justness of God and the righteousness of God. Again, it's not a scientific thing. It's a philosophical thing. It's a moral argument. Because there are certain things that occur within their, in their lives, then they say apparently God can't exist because why would a good God do bad things? Well, I'll be first to admit that I don't understand everything and that person doesn't either. 
But also there's some things that I can't apply in the hands of God whereby it's the sin and the choice of man that, folks, God gave man choice Man chose the sin and, and, and many things that, that occur that I, I see injustice. not because God is unjust, it's because man is unjust. And so if I need to be blaming someone, I need to be blaming myself or people around me. But see, the, the thing about it, that if I believe that God is who he says he is, that he will do, always do the right thing even when he calls me to be a steward of something. And that's so important. Because what if, if God just calls me to do something that, that is absolutely incredible, that he puts a responsibility on me that I don't want to buy into that I don't understand? Either I have to say, God, you're crazy, or God, you're, you're going to destroy me. And if I'm going to say that, God, if I do this, it's going to destroy me, then basically I'm saying, God, you're not good. And so when I say, God, you're not good, then therefore you're not who, or who you say you are. Or I'm going to say, God, I don't understand this, but God, there's one thing I know that you're right. I mean, about Noah, when, when God called Noah, this man that lived in a completely, folks, we think we live in a bad generation. Noah's generation was just off the top. It was terrible. And there was just Noah and his family, and, and Noah was the righteous man of his generation. And God called Noah to, to do something that he's, he's, he's never even seen before. He, to, he told him to take and, and build a, 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 a boat that's bigger than our two buildings right here. And, and first of all, Noah probably didn't know what a boat was. It never even rained before. He had called him to, to do something he'd never even seen before. It never even rained before. The, the world at that time was, was, was watered by the mist of the ground. The, the, the world had not changed until, until the flood. And, and Noah's just looking at himself. He said, you know, Lord, first of all, I'm not a carpenter. And God, all I've got is three old ragtag boys, and you want us to build something like this? God, you've got to be crazy. And God, think about what the people are going to be saying about us. You know, what, you know people laughing and cutting up on us and, 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 and just cracking on us. What are you doing? Well, I'm doing it for God. And they're just going to be, God, they're just going to slam your name, and they're going to make me look like a fool. And, and God, when they make me look like a fool, it's going to make you look like a fool. And God says, just build it, Noah. You see, Noah had to hold on to the fact that, first of all, God's God, that he has the authority. But second of all, God's good and God's holy. And so, therefore, God, if you tell me to do that, that's the right thing to do. And so, God, I'm going to have to trust you. And see, I think that's where it falls into the matter. See, there's a lot of people that, that might, again, believe that God is great. But when he asks them to do something like that, then we fall because we don't believe that God is holy, we, 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 don't, we think that's going to hurt us. I cannot get away from that illustration without thinking about Abraham when God had promised Abraham a child and gave him a child in his old age, and that was a child of the promise. And then God says, I want you to take Isaac, Abraham, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Building a boat's one thing, but folks, sacrificing your only child's another thing. But if Abraham believed that God was who he says he was, that God was, whole, that, that God was creator, that God was owner, that, God was, that also God was righteous, Abraham could say, you know, believe that God, I don't understand, and this don't seem right to me, but apparently it's right to you, God, and so therefore I'm going to do it. You see, by faith we have to believe that God is who he says he is, that he's creator, 
He's also righteous. He'll always do the right thing. God will always do the right thing in your life. And you, you can take that to the bank. He can't, he can't operate outside of that righteousness. Even when he calls you or puts you in a situation that seems absolutely ridiculous to you, you don't understand it's so opposed to what the world says, God, if, 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 if God is speaking to you, he's speaking righteousness to you. But also, the third thing that we find out about God is, is that not only is God creator, which makes him all-powerful and authority and those things, and not only is he righteous, but also God is the judge. The Bible speaks of Jesus Christ as the rightful, as the righteous judge. Because what that tells me then, that God's going to bring everything into an account one day. That one day I'm going to have to stand before him of whether I believed or whether I didn't believe. Of whether I was obedient or whether I... Because every one of us are going to have to stand before a righteous judge one day. Every one of us. And so if God is really the righteous judge and I'm going to stand before him one day, hmm, what am I going to do about that? So as we, as we stop, and again, it's, it's so many times we, 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 we don't equate our obedience in our stewardship and to the things that God's given us to who God is. Folks, what we believe about God will absolutely affect your 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 obedience or not. Again, it's so easy to stand up and sing how great is our God and say with our lips, the God that we believe you're great and we believe you're all these things, but our lives does not match it out. And then we wonder, where did it all go wrong? Why did my life find itself in such a mess? In all reality, it's because you really didn't believe that God was who he says he was. Hmm. See, it, it all equates together. That's part of our everyday life. But see, not only must we believe that God is who he says he is, that God will do what he says he will do, and that he's a rewarder. He, he, he will bless those who diligently seek him, that, that God ultimately will be our judge, and that, and, and that, that he, will, he will keep his promises to you and me. See, that takes me back to the question then, if, if, if God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do, that, that, that if he says, if I'd raise up my child in this way, that when, you, when he's old, he will not depart from it, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that God will do that? Do I really believe that if God would tell me to, that in the age of my, 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 I'm a young person and I'm, 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 I believe in my heart that God wants me to be married. Do I really believe that God's going to send that right man or that right woman into my life or I'm going to go out there and do it my way? i got a testimony about that in just a moment. Or maybe that, that you know, within my life and my possessions, if I really believe that, 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 that in Malachi 3.10 where God says, if you bring your tithes into the storehouse, that I would open up heavens that the barns could not hold the blessings I have to you. Do you really believe that? Do I believe that God has the ability to do what he says he will do? Do I, th- to have the, uh, do I believe that God has the ability that, uh, that if I commit my children to the Lord, that he can guard them when they're out of my sight? That if I do the right things and I follow, follow his instructions, that he can make them men and women of God. Do I believe that he has the ability to do that? 
Do I have the, you know, believe that he has the ability that if, if, if I commit my tithe into him or if I commit my, my life into him, that, that, that he's going to bless me more than I can ever imagine? Because if I do believe then, 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 then why don't I submit these things into God in proper stewardship? You see, when it's I'm holding back from God, we're saying, God, I don't believe that you can bless me. I don't believe you have the ability, God. I believe, God, that I can do better with my children than you can. God, I, I believe that I can do better with my life than you can. God, I believe that I can do better with my possessions that you, than you can, that I have more ability than you. See, that's what we're telling God. So do you believe that God has that ability? Well, from this text, there's, there's three times in where there's a person whose name was Abraham believed God would do what he says he would do. In Abraham's life, he had, had to make three major decisions of whether do I really trust God or do I not? Can I trust God in these things? There was a time in Abraham's life he lived in a very pagan world as his parents worshipped multiple, multiple idols and, um, and God called him out of that world. But listen to what the Bible says. That, um, that when God called him to leave his home and family and move into a land, he had to ask himself, do I believe that God will really do what he says he will do? Look what the Bible says in verse 8 of Hebrew, the, the, um, Hebrews the 11th chapter. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should go after, that, that, he, should, that he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed when he went out, not knowing where he went. You see, when God calls most of us to something, we want him to give us every answer ahead of time. And here he was calling Abraham, that I want you to leave all of your family, leave everything behind, and I want you to go, God, where are you, where are you sending me? I don't know. I mean, you don't need to know that. You just go. You know, when, can you imagine when, when Abraham went, to, his name was Abraham at that time, went to Sarai and said, you know, God's told me to pick up and just leave everything behind. Um, Abram, where are we going? You know, that, I mean, a wife's going to ask that question. How are we going to get there? Who's going to take care? You know, who's going to take care of us? I don't know. God is. See, Abram had to believe that God could do what he says he was going to do, that God was going to take care of him. Otherwise, he'd have never left home. See, there are some of us that won't even release our children into the ministry because we're afraid that God can't take care of them, that I can take care of them at home better than God can take care of them somewhere else. But then there was another time in Abram's ministry, not only when he called him away from his home, there, there was a time when then he called and said, Abram, even in your old age, I'm going to give you and Sarah a child. A child? God, I'm 100. Sarah's 90. She's dried up and I've been past dried up. God, how can you make a child out of a dried-up man with a dried-up old woman with a dried-up womb? I mean, that, that, was, that was real questions. See, they, Sarah and Abram had to, to really believe, not only God, do you, are you who you say you are, and God, will you do what you say you will do? Well, what's the answer to that question? Look in verse 11 and 12. Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed. She was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Isn't that good? 
See, she was saying, God, I believe you can do that. Verse 12, therefore sprang up on there even of one and him therefore sprang up even of one and him as good as dead, dead. Speaking of Abram, that, that Abraham was as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky and the multitude and the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. See, God was calling them to be the, the father and a mother uh, figuratively of a, of a nation, even in their old age. God was calling them to a great task. See, that, that wouldn't have been a big deal if they were both 22 and 21. But this was an old man because otherwise they could have explained that, you know, young, young couples are supposed to have children. But God was wanting to show himself. And so he called them to be a steward of this promise that I'm going to raise up a nation out of you. And they had to believe that God is who he says he is and that he would do what he says to do. Then we get down to something I'd already mentioned, that when that God gave them that promised child, then God says, okay, Abram, I want you to take that child and sacrifice him to me. Now, how ridiculous was that? Did Abraham believe that God was who he says he was and do what he said he'd do? Listen to what it says in verse 17. This is one of the most incredible passages of faith in all of Scripture. In verse 17, my faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and that he had received the promises offered up of his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac thy seed shall be called, accounting that God was able, I like that, God was able, he is able, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. Abraham so believed that God was able to do what he says he will do, that he would, he would, he would, he would make his seed the father of a great nation, that even if he sacrificed Abel and Abel died, that God was able to raise him back up to life again. Folks, that's faith. So listen, God gave, think, okay, think about this. So let's break it down into some basic. God gave as a gift to this old man and this old woman, Isaac. And I think we'd all have to agree here that obviously that was the work of God, that was a gift of God, that God gave them something they've always desired. And so when God said, I want him back, the question is, am I going to be a good steward of my son? Because really, Isaac is not mine, he's God, and if God's asking him back, why shouldn't I give him back to God? Because God gave him to me to start off with. Folks, let me tell you, every parent in here, God gave you a child. That child that was conceived of you is a miracle from God. And if God hadn't allowed that child to conceive in that womb, you'd have never had that child. That child was fearfully and wonderfully made. That child is on limb to you from God. And so when you cradle that child in your arms, you must understand that's the child that God has given me and God can do whatever, whatever he wants to with my child. Men and women, that money that's in your bank is money God's given you. He's given you the strength to get up and work every day. He's given you an opportunity to have a job. That's his. And if he asks for that back, then why do we hold on to it? Cannot, can God not ask for that back which he's given us? See, all this is stewardship. 
Those of you that sing that voice that God's given you, he didn't give me a voice like yours, Barb. And sometimes I hate y'all so much for that. <laughs> See, I, I'll sing, and my, 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 I'll, just, I'll just get one of them old terrible squeaks every now and then. And, and um, I, that's why I, I, I have to be careful about singing you know, sing loud. One of my horrors is they'll leave my mic on one day, you know, during the, the song. And, um, and um, but he can take that voice away. And are, are you going to honor him with your voice or are you not? Whether, and, 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 and this could be, you know, our mind or our abilities or whatever God's given us. See, every good thing we have is, is from God. That stewardship, what am I going to do with that? Do I believe that if I give that back to God, that He's going to take care, you know, that He's going to do what He says, that He's going to, to reward me for that? And so Abraham said, Yeah, God, I believe. I believe that you are who you say you are, I don't, that you can do what you say you're going to do. And then, not only in that idea, but do I trust the faithfulness of God? Do I believe that God will be faithful in our promises? that he's going to reward those that diligently seek him. You see, this all goes down to stewardship. So when we begin to break this down, okay, that, you know, we, we, we've been looking at Abraham and Sarah and Enoch and, and Abel and all those guys and gals and the stories can go on. But what about me? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Do I please God? Because he that cometh to him must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I say, God, let me put now, what if this Bible was written? Mike, could he put your name here? And that's, something, that's a question that I have to ask. Now, he's not giving you what Abraham, but he's given a call upon your life. He's given you a son. See, Michael, he wants to put your name here. The one he wants to put your name here. See, he ain't given me the task of Abraham, but he's given you a task. He's given every one of us a task. And the question we have to say, do I really believe that? Do I believe that God is who he says he is and I'll do? You know, again, let's take, it, let's, let's take it back. Do I really believe that that, that God is the owner of all things and that all of my possessions, even the house that I have, is it might be at my name at the bank, but it's in God's name's in eternity. You know, God told the rich young ruler one day because he realized that was, that was what the rich young ruler had made his, his idols, but, but Jesus says, you know, one thing that you're lacking, you need to sell everything you have and give it to the poor because that's in your way. What if, what if God said that to me? Oh, that's, you can't do that, God. That's mine. Well, then I don't believe that God is who he says he is. Hey, I just want you to, 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 to blurring a simple tithe. We're going we're to study that in a couple of weeks. Because, uh, see, stewardship, when, when I see someone being a faithful steward, that tells me they're growing in Christ. When their mindset has changed, that this is God. And a person begins to, to, to tithe and, and say, God, you've blessed me so much, and I just want to be faithful back into you, then you're saying, God, I realize this is all a gift from you and the God that you've told me that you're going to take care of me. And, and we're going to deal with that more in, in a couple of weeks. But what about, what about what I just spoke about? What about 
our future. You know, we, you know, we're growing up, we're in high school, we have all these plans in my life. Is your plans God's plans? Have you committed to God, what do you want to do with my life? Or you're saying, no, I'll decide what I want to do with my life. What about in marriage? Do I really believe that if I wait upon God, he'll send that, that, boy, that I don't have to go out the way the world does and I, ha- I don't have to get into the sexual scene and try out my shoes and all of this stuff you hear? You know what's out there. Or play the games and do all the dating. Or, I, or I'm going to say, God, I, I, I'm, I'm going to put down who I, who I believe that you'd have for my life. And God, I'm going to ask you to wait. I'm going to wait on him. Girls, are you ready to do that? Guys, are you ready to do that? If, if not, then you're saying, God, I don't believe that you are who you say you are. One who came to me yesterday, and she said, man, I received a blessing. She went to a store in town, and, and there's a little girl there. She's not a little girl now. She's an adult that one who taught years ago, and she began to give one through her testimony. She's 25 now, and she says, you know what, I've been waiting and I, years ago, I'd written down the man that I wanted to marry. She says, and God sent me just that man. She says, I didn't go through all of that. She says, I, I believed God, and he sent me that man. And she says, I'm so excited, I can't even stand, my, you know, hardly stand. And you know what she said also? I'm going to be wearing a white dress. And Miss Wanda Sue, do you know what that means? Wanda Sue says, I know exactly what that means. See, she believed that she didn't have to give her, herself to, to guys out there. That she believed that if she kept herself pure, God would answer her prayers. And the way she was talking to Miss Wanda, so he's answered them more than I could ever even imagine. And folks, I've heard that story so many times. And sadly, though, I've heard, I've heard the train wreck of the other side of the story where I, I was going to do it my own self because we're saying, God, I don't believe that you can really do that in my life. So, folks, it's in every part of our life, this question of stewardship. And it goes back to the idea that, God, do I believe that you are who you say you are and that you'll do what you'll say you'll do? See, it it really goes down to the question, the two questions, can I trust God? Now, all of these people in, all of these people that we read in, this chapter with a resounding, they said, yes, we can trust God. And not only can we trust God, we do trust God. But see, we have to ask ourselves these questions. Can I trust God? It's a matter of belief. Do I trust God? It's a matter of obedience. What's God called you to today? You may be here today and you've never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says because God is a holy God, your sin separates you from him. And you'll be eternally separated. And one day God's going to judge you. And one day all people, there's going to be a resurrection of the lost and the saved, will all stand before a righteous God. And he's going to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? And you can rattle off, well, I've done this or I've done that. That doesn't matter. Because our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. See, the Bible says, as Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but through me. You can only come to a righteous God 
through a son who gave his life on your behalf. Do you trust that? See, even because I'm telling you this story and I'm giving you an invitation, that's stewardship because God has allowed you this opportunity to hear this word, to hear this message. He's given you an opportunity of time to, to, to come here this morning. What are you going to do about it? Are you, going to, are you going to use this time as a good steward? Are you going to give your life to Jesus Christ? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may not have tomorrow. Today's a gift from you, from God. I'm going to ask you today to come to Jesus. I'm going to ask you in just a moment as we stand and sing to come and, 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 and say, I need to talk to someone about my salvation. And we'll put someone one-on-one -on -one you to talk about your salvation. Or maybe today that God has burdened your heart and, and God, that, that, that you may have been, you, you, even through this message, you've been realizing, you know, I've been singing about how great is our God, but I really don't, my life does not prove out that I really believe that. And you may want to come to the altar today and say, God, I'm just going to believe who you are. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm giving everything to you today, God. What sweeter thing can you do for God? I can promise you, if you do that, God is faithful, and he'll reward those that diligently seek him. Now, folks, that's a pretty good deal to me. God has offered us a pretty good deal. You just believe me, and I'll take care of you. Father, we love you, Lord, and I pray that you'd bless this time. Holy Spirit, this is a special time. Move upon the lives of people. God, let us just be faithful as you are faithful. God, show yourselves in our lives in Christ's name. Amen.